With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. And I bet you're thinking to yourself, why are you doing a show? It's a rare weekend off for the UFC. Well, if you listened to the show last week and followed us on social media throughout the week, we decided we're going to do something a little different. We're going to turn it on over to the listeners for the entire show, and we'll have a little bit of an off-the-cuff type edition of On to the Next One, answering your questions about matchmaking about mma about life in general and it should be fun first off i am mike heck and joining me as always is the co-host typically the co-matchmaker the prince of positivity he's my best friend and yours mr alex kaylee ak how are how, how are we doing today are you okay with all of this this is sort of chaos because like it's a true testament to our styles that we're doing today because i like to from time to time fly from the seat of my pants i, I don't mind winging it in some in some occasions you like to be organized i feel like this concept is something where we're going to meet sort of right in the middle my friend H- how are we doing with all of this you know i love rules my best <laughs> friend it's well documented that i love rules uh i've written the document myself there's actually a document on my google docs that talks about how much i love rules because again i need it to be organized i need people to know that it is a fact uh so i'm a little uncomfortable but you know what uh bellator pfl and the books don't have to worry about any fights Big, big events this weekend. No UFC. Uh, you know, uh, the, the parents are out of the house. And I guess we're just running the show. So, uh, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loosen my collar a little bit here and, uh, and, and, try and try and get into the groove of things. All right. I dig it. Um, and the beauty about PFL is that we don't need a matchmake for them because we already know where everything's going at this point because they're in a, a, a season format. They're in a... A playoff format so we already know where things are going to go uh bellator seems pretty obvious as well gay guard musasi won 
Austin Vanderford seems to be next in line, so you don't need to really match make there. Uh, Koreshkov, you could throw him in there with any 170 er And I just want to see Rafion Stotts fight anybody right now. So it doesn't matter. And, and Scott Coker put out a poll about maybe doing a Bantamweight Grand Prix. You know I'm all in on that. I'm sure you're yes. all in on that. Oh, yes. So, I mean, we don't really need to match make really anything at this point, right? And he, he got the attention, uh, Rafion, of Al Jermaine and uh, Piotr Jan with his, with his I'm the best... I'm the best bantamweight in the world. Uh, uh, we had both. We had Aljamain and Piotr uh, respond to uh, our our uh, tweet of that comment with Aljo saying, "Stots, you got to chill, man. You're wilding out like Nick Cannon," which I thought is like, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's a timely reference. And then uh, Piotr pointing out that you got slept by the decision machine Mirab in 15 seconds. LOL. That's right. Tavalishvili owns a. Uh, a spinning back fist KO of Stotts from back in the day, but obviously that doesn't that doesn't mean anything now. But hey, he's got two of the best, arguably the top two, I mean maybe top three if you're including Rofi and Stotts now, uh, weights in the world talking about him. So hey, good for him. Yeah, that that fight was everything I hoped for and more. I loved it. It was so good. Um, I even brought it up at our meetings. Uh, some folks on the staff are like, eh, Spellator cards aren't that great, and I'm like, was that, that- guy named Casey? Was that folk named Casey? No, it wasn't Casey. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I, they're like, eh, it's not that good. And I'm like, the Stotts Magomeda fight is awesome. And they're just like, eh, not really. I'm like, okay. And it was so good. It was really, really good stuff. The, the Bellator card was clearly the stronger card on paper. And uh, to put it nicely, also turned out to be the stronger card in execution, I feel. Yes. <laughs> the, pre- the PFL prelims are amazing, though. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the leg kick. Oh. Ugh. They're like oh. all nasty finishes. That leg he kick screams. was. What, what's screams, the referee like, doing? What is he doing? He's just uh, watching this guy like you know, scream in agony, and he just <laughs> and he allowed another kick after that. Like, what oh, is he doing? The verb. Well, you know, the verbal submission rule, I guess, is open to interpretation. <laughs> and he thought he thought, you know what? Maybe this guy like, I don't want him to lose the fight because he, you know, he screamed inadvertently. But I mean, generally, a uh, in in a fight, I've rarely seen a fighter scream accidentally. I think Chael Stone is the only one to claim, like, oh, no, I wasn't screaming submission. I was just screaming to scream <laughs> once. And, uh, but other than that, oh, I think what's his name? Uh, Joe Warren also said that when he fought uh, Galvao. I think uh, he said, like, oh, no, I wasn't submitting. And it's like, he, I remember, I will never forget the sound Joe Warren made when he got caught in this Galvao armbar. It was like a, it was a very high-pitched scream. And I was like, that's a scream of submission. I'm sorry, Joe. And I, afterwards, he was like, no, I wasn't. I'm like, Guy, guy, again, listeners, there's a reason you don't see a lot of screams in the middle of MMA fights. Most guys know the deal. If you scream, if you yell out in pain, that's that is grounds for any referee to call the fight. And I wish that that had happened uh, a little bit earlier on Friday and uh, saved us, saved us, uh, saved that young man. I'm sorry, some some pain. Yeah, I mean, if you watch on the other channel, Davion Franklin fought Everett Cummings, who was 15 and 0. It was Davion Franklin's fourth fight, and you could tell that he's been training with John Jones because the one of the first strikes he throws is that sidekick to the knee of Everett Cummings. And you could tell that thing probably tore his entire knee up. And Everett Cummings just tried to keep a poker face the entire time before Franklin just unloaded on him and finished the fight. But, I mean, that's... If he didn't scream after that, like, how much pain was the dude from PFL in on the ground? I mean, that, I, mean I felt horrible for the man. It felt like if, if you weren't watching a fight, like, if you... If you were like downstairs and your brother or your sister or something was watching PFL upstairs and you heard that scream, you probably thought you were watching a horror movie, not a not a 
a, a professional sporting event, right? I mean, this is, that was they'd crazy. To, or they think it was you, and they would come down like, "Are you okay? Did you like drop something on your on yourself? Like, are you did you did you step on a Lego? Like, what <laughs> what happened there?" Uh, by the way, sorry, we should say it. Sorry, it's Michael Lombardo who, uh, yes. who won the fight, and uh, Kyron Bowen. Kyron Bowen, please get well soon. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. No serious injuries, um, but he did look like he was quite a bit of pain. All right. Well, that speaking of PFL, this this translates and uh, circles us right into our first listener thought and question for the week. Uh, I am John Heaton on Instagram says watching this collared fight right now. I think BKFC should purse collared, although I know nothing about PFL contracts and if that's possible. And then when the fight was over, he said Chad Mendez versus Clay Collard BKFC 155 pounds. What do you think, AK? I love that idea. Sorry, it was, sorry I was going to say Clay Carver's who again? Chad Mendez. Oh, 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 oh. oh God. I mean, I'm still kind of iffy on the – I'm going to enjoy seeing Chad Mendez in BKFC for sure. He always had good hands. You know, he's always had good hands for a guy who was a classic, like, alpha male, wrestle first guy. Once he got his boxing uh, rounded out, man, he was so much fun to watch. I remember his second fight with Aldo was like – one of the most it's just no one talks about the fight anymore that's one of the best i think ufc championship fights i've ever seen so certainly he's going to do well in the uh, the bare knuckle boxing realm um yeah i think him and clay collard makes a lot of sense he probably be giving up quite a bit of size to clay though clay's not like a massive lightweight but yeah i think that's i don't know if that's the fight that they would make uh, right away should clay collard uh, make his way over there at some point i imagine uh chad mendez will get a you know a non-mma maybe more of a bare knuckle boxing or just a boxing guy first but uh i'll be shocked mike i'll be shocked if uh it's if, if clay card is a free agent that he does not end up with a bkfc uh sometime in the future i'd like to see him get another shot at that pfl title that was a tough tough delicious decision loss to uh, to a uh, manfio very very difficult to swallow and uh i think he gets another run in the pfl he really he really raised his stock in combat sports overall over the past couple of years First with the boxing, <laughs> just winning some fights he wasn't supposed to win, and then uh, and now uh, this nice PFL run taking out Anthony Pettis and and uh, and making it to the semifinals. So I, I think he probably made a decent amount of money with PFL. Hopefully he makes another run, but uh, BKFC has to be in his future. Yeah, it's it's amazing how I don't know two and a half three years ago, Clay Collard's claim to fame was that he fought and lost to Max Holloway, and it was like a really good fight. Like it was a crazy fight. Holloway won, but I mean. That was his claim to fame. Oh, yeah, that's the guy who once fought Max Holloway, and that's it. And now look at him. He's in a much different spot than he is now. I, and, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see – I don't think they're going to give Chad Mendes to Clay Collard in his first BKFC fight. I mean, from what I understand from speaking with Chad Mendes, BKFC is paying him a lot of money to come over there. So I don't think – I don't think they're going to give him to a professional boxer in his first fight. I think they'll – not feed him to somebody, but yeah, essentially feed him to somebody or feed somebody to him. And uh, what you, back to what you were saying about Clay Collard, I want to say uh, I, I'm sure the PFL was hoping that he would then be known. He was going to be known as the guy who fought Max Holloway and also fought you know Anthony Pettis, not the guy who beat Anthony Pettis. Because uh, and I'm sure we'll touch upon this. I think with some of the other questions we might have got, Mike. But um, the three big ticket signings for the PFL this season: uh, uh, Fabricio Verdum, Anthony Pettis, and Roy McDonald. None of them made it past the semifinals, which is, again, I don't think is the worst thing in the world, but I, I imagine they were hoping there was a little bit of star power um, that would have made it to one of their finals. But, hey, at, the, you built, at least now you build up your own guys. But, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was worth noting. 
Was that main event the worst case scenario for PFL last night? Because oh if Ray Cooper is going to win, most people thought it'd be like this crazy highlight reel knockout. I did not. And you, you thought it would go like that? Did you see my uh, – I tweeted. So so I actually wrote – had to do predictions for, uh, for this event, uh, which I think I will for all the PFL playoff events. And the way I saw it was I said there's a good chance that uh, Cooper – because I think he's the better pure wrestler. I was like there's a good chance that he just takes – Rory down and uh, you know kind of just controls the fight with, with top control and some ground and pound and then I picked I picked Rory anyway because I'm an idiot <laughs> I li- so, I, so yes so I'm like yes I kind of predicted how the fight would go except that I then said nah it'll probably Rory will probably keep it on the feet he's so much bigger and, and he'll pick he'll pick uh, Ray Cooper apart so I don't know why I saw it and then just went away from it so yeah I actually didn't expect it I actually did think it would he would have to grind it out if uh, he was going to win so I wasn't surprised but I was a little disappointed because I thought Rory could do could keep it on the feet. Yeah, that was uh, not a great showing from one Rory McDonald. I mean, great more of a great performance from Ray Cooper. But great stuff. Um, I thought, you know, I think people expected a much more competitive fight, and that was not a competitive fight at all. So, no, no. Uh, so thank you. That was the first question. We'll let's, we'll, we'll trade off here. I, I think you got the majority of the questions from from Twitter and such. Sure, uh, okay. I got a couple on on Instagram, but not a ton. Uh, all right, I'm just trying to, uh, should I go to the ones that, um, should I go to the ones? Okay, well, I'll start with this one because I just want to get out of the way because it's bizarre. So from regular uh, MMA fighting programming listener slash viewer, uh, Susanna, Susanna? Susanna yeah. with a Z. Susie with a Z. She says, match make only fighters whose names start with the same letter, first or last name, open weight style. Uh, so it's, I... I do not know what the impetus for this was. I guess it's just wow. more of a more of a brain teaser, more of like a, a like a word game. Um, I don't know if we want to go A to Z. I think that might take a while. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll pick, for, we'll put, maybe we'll pick one, one or two, one or two. So for some reason, the, the first thing that came to my mind, I don't know why, and I can't think of anything else, is like Fedor versus Frankie. And I, I, I like maybe, that. Okay. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I am finally turning around and seeing what everyone else is seeing. Who's like doesn't like the Tim Johnson matchup? I still don't mind it. But if I had to choose, I mean, well, the first thing I wanted was Fedor to box Anderson Silva, and that's obviously not happening now. And then uh, now I think like a Fedor. <laughs> I don't know why. I, it, it's just maybe it's just the alliteration. But Fedor Emelianenko, Frankie Edgar. I mean, Fedor is not the biggest guy anyway. I don't know. I think it'd be a freaky thing to watch, and I would enjoy it. And uh, I, it's just the first thing that came to my head. So I'm just going word association here, and uh, Fedor Frankie. Yeah, Fedor Francis. There you go. Oh, oh I, Ray's. I you, for a second, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say uh, Frankie, Frankie Francis, and I was like, I was like, Michael, no, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> no. no, no, I can't do that. There has to be another. Well, let, let me throw out a random letter quickly, and let's see if we can come up with one. Okay. Uh, uh, R. R and we're doing what? It's first names, right? This, this is or last names or last names or last names. Okay. Um, I, I gotta bring up my. I gotta bring up some names here. I'm, I'm cheating. I'm cheating right now. Hashtag Ricky versus Ricky. Simone versus Bandejas. Boom. See, but that's a fight. Same weight class too. Yeah. See, 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 Mike. The only thing oh, is, that's open a great weight. Fight. Open weight. That's a great fight. No, I mean, you, I mean, open weight means anything. It could be people in the same weight class, but I think you're not taking advantage of the. Open, so I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Robert. Let's go Robert Whitaker. Oh, gosh. Robert Whitaker. Now I need a first. Now I need a good first name. Robert Whitaker. There has to be another person. with a Oh, I got I got one. 
You okay, just, go ahead. Go quickly. No, go for it. Go ahead. Robert Whitaker versus Robert Font. Rob on Rob. Rob on Rob. Oh. Can you imagine that, the boxing in that fight? Like, if we could morph Font into a middleweight? I'll oh, go Ro- Robert and Ryan Hall. There you go. That is... <laughs> there, why did it... <laughs> why, was why am I not surprised? R that came to my mind. Uh, I apologize. But uh, that's a fun game to play, guys. So if you, uh, if any of the listeners want to throw it... Again, I don't... This question is so open-ended, but oh, yeah. uh, clearly it's not as easy as I thought. So, uh, Susie with a Z, thank you for throwing that out there and um yeah guys send us any of your alliterative open weight matchups wow all right i like it good stuff uh all right i'll we'll 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 do this one and then you're gonna sort of run this the rest of the way uh so this is from our friend tristan gordett uh to mike and ak lee who are your top prospects to watch in 2021 and make your case on why that particular prospect might be a future title contender down the road in a couple of years uh, he threw out a couple, uh, Shafkat Rachmanov, Casey O'Neill, Ali Askab, Kizriev, Mahmoud Muradov, and Magomed Ankalaev. And he had explanations for all of them. Um, I think, oh, okay. I think we've sort of so- sold Rachmanov. Uh, we've kind of sold Casey yeah. O'Neill. Uh, Kizriev, I didn't think this guy deserved a contender series spot i think he should just got right to the ufc i mean he's that good i deserve was a terrible word to use there of course his getting ready to fight alessio de that's a tough debut fight right there uh murdoff tough dude i mean i think murdoff is a name that's been thrown in terms of middleweights i think murdoff's name has probably been thrown out more than anybody else's in the history of the show and then ankalaev he says he's a very scary man i feel many fighters will try to avoid him which is probably right so uh who do you think, AK? Which sort of prospect on the rise do you have your eye on that you feel confident could be fighting for a world title in the next couple of years? Oh, I mean, well, some of it's relative to weight class. Obviously, the higher, the heavier you go, it's a little bit easier to pick out um, guys who could who could become uh, title contenders soon. And this doesn't mean like legitimate title challengers, like guys that I think could actually win the title. Because the first name that jumps to my mind would be uh, Tom Aspinall. And uh, he's 3-0 in the UFC. He's been finishing guys in the first round. So they've done a really good job with matchmaking for him. He's cleared out. He's been wiping out all the guys he's supposed to wipe out. So we'll see. Uh, but he's really on kind of that City Lagan fast track kind of the way they're they're booking him. So I could definitely see him challenging for a title within, honestly, as if he, if he keeps up a good schedule, like as, like by the end of 2022. That's how uh, that's how well I think they, they've booked him. But I mean, how good is he? I don't know. I probably need to see more of him. It's hard to judge when he's just smoking everyone in the first round. But uh, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty easy guess. Again, it's 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 heavyweight, uh, though he will be stalled by the constant log jam up there. So that's the other problem. Who knows? He could win like four times in 2022 and we can still be doing this Francis uh, Cedil, uh John Jones, Stevie Miocic dance. And so, so that he has that working against him, unfortunately. Uh, in the other divisions that could compete for a title, I'm trying to look at guys who only have like three fights or no more than three fights that are actually prospects and not just guys. Because I just look, I was looking like Tricus Duplessis. He's not a prospect. He's a, he's just a good fighter who's new to the UFC. I like Andre Muniz. I just don't know if I see him challenging for a title necessarily in the next couple of years. I feel like there's going to be some setbacks in there. Some stylistic matchups that didn't bump him back. Uh, oh, you know what? You know who I'll say? I, again, I don't really consider this guy a prospect, but I love. Uh, I'm such a fan of Daniel Rodriguez. 
Yeah. I think Darren Rigas, again, not really a prospect per se. Uh, if anything, again, he's already had six UFC fights. He's kind of a name, but he's also a guy who hasn't broken to that top 15, but I feel like he's poised to. I would not be shocked at all if by 2023, uh, sorry, the end of 2023, Daniel Rodriguez got himself a title shot. I don't know how the welterweight, uh, you know, the top will look by then, but Daniel Rodriguez has all the skills, I think, to be a title challenger. So that, that would be him and Tom Aspinall probably my top two choices uh featherweight uh, and bantamweight are so deep i'm not even gonna guess they're, they're yeah. so deep i have no, honestly i there's a lot of prospects i like in there um none that i'd be confident saying that they'll, they'll get a title shot yeah I, I would say um i mean if we're looking at some of the i mean i, I think Ilya taporia could fight for a title i don't know if he'll get there in two years but he could definitely fight for a title i mean this dude is 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 no joke uh I mean, he didn't fight Ryan Hall like expected, but he was, uh, you know, he was scheduled and things happened and so forth and so forth. I will say, and I know she's not a prospect. I mean, and I, th- I think like once you get to to the UFC, you almost lose the prospect tag. Sure. Um, and and this fighter, I think she's had five fights in the UFC already, uh, but she's done them in different weight classes. She's now in the strawweight division, but I could definitely see her fighting. Rose Nami Yunus or whoever the champion is in two years. Amanda Lamosh, man. Mm. I I mean, I I truly think she has a very good chance of not only fighting for a title but winning a title in two years. Like Ooh. if she can get if she can, if she just gets in that fight, she could definitely win. She's that good. I I have that much faith in her that she could fight a top five fighter in this division right now. She could go in there. Top five is maybe a little stretch. She could go in there right now and fight Nina Nunes and beat her. I feel very confident in that. There's a very good chance that of winning is, that fight. That is the Mike Heck endorsed stamp stamp yeah. of approval for Amanda Lemos as a as a future contender. Yeah, I'll go with her and yeah. And then obviously but, but I mean and again, like if we're going like actual prospects, and maybe this is recency bias, but I felt this way and I even posted in our Slack channel yesterday when I had his interview ready to go. I said Dave Davion Franklin is a guy who could fight for a Bellator world title. Maybe even next year, like maybe sometime in 2022. He just annihilated this dude. And yeah, I mean, all, there are 15 no's and they're, and they're created differently. But I mean, <laughs> Everett Cummings doesn't matter. He went in there, had 15 wins and finished like all of them in the first round. And it's not like he fought 0-35 fighters. They're fighters with winning records. Davion went in there and just smashed this guy in 28 seconds. And that was, no, that's no easy feat. And he's only 4-0. I think this, and then he goes out and calls out Czech Congo before his fifth professional fight. I loved that call out. I loved it. He's got the gift of gab. Does is very good with interviews. He's got a great story. I think Bellator has something with him, and I think if they could keep him active and he can get three or four more fights before the end of 2022, I think there's a very good chance he could fight for the heavyweight title. Yeah, that that spot is ripe for the for the picking, and uh, I think I think Davion is as strong a candidate as any. Uh, he certainly lived. He, there was a lot of hype going to that fight on Friday, and boy, he uh, he really <laughs> to say he lived up to it is probably probably an understatement. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to featherweight just for one second. This is the list of this is the names of guys who are undefeated in the UFC. Uh, Arnold Allen eight and zero, Giga Chikadze six and zero, Bryce Mitchell five and zero, fourteen and zero in his career. Uh, Topuria three and zero, eleven and zero in his career. Uh, Lerone Murphy is undefeated in the like this is this division is just straight up ridiculous. Like this, yeah, this Lerone is insanely is strong good. division. Like anywhere from like the in the top like fifty, there's like not a single matchup where like a quote unquote easy matchup 
that's a ridiculous division. We talk about bantamweight a lot, kind of becoming, you know, I think the best division in MMA right now. But featherweight has not lost its spot. Like if you, if people have long, I think have considered featherweight to be one of the top three divisions in in MMA. It's still there. It's still there. It's as strong as ever. Um, it's I think it's right up there with lightweight. Damn. Yeah, it's a really good division. Really Damn. good division. <laughs> and Josh Emmett hasn't even fought in over a year. Josh, oh my gosh! Right, he's still around. What, three straight wins, seven and two in the UFC. My goodness. Yeah, and Bryce Mitchell's been out almost a year. I think Octo- October thirty first was the last time he fought. He's been dealing with some injuries. So what a division! Yeah, we've only seen Cater hasn't fought since the beginning of the year. Holloway hasn't fought since the beginning of the year. Uh, man, it's it's just so good. It's just such a good division, and we are spoiled. We are very spoiled. We are spoiled. Good question, Tristan. As always. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What else you got, AK? I think you're taking uh, the reins the rest of the way. Okay, all right. Let me see what else we got here. We, we got some people also just throwing out some matchmaking, Mike. You know, we said, we said, hey, if anyone's got, oh, here's a good one. Four Corner Sports NY coming in with, uh, you know, Sean Brady, he had to pull out of his fight with Kevin Lee. So what do you do? What do you do with uh, matchmaking for Sean Brady? So what do you do for Sean Brady, uh, you know, when he's when he's back and ready ready to go? If, let's, say, let's, let's say we're moving on. We're moving on from the Kevin Lee fight. That is a good question. I don't know if they will move on from the Kevin Lee fight. It all depends on what happens. I mean, D-Rod is... If D-Rod wins, he probably deserves to fight a guy like Sean Brady, who's ranked right now. I believe Brady's ranked him? number 13. I don't think or he passes he pass? him. I don't think he passes him. Brady is number 13 in the UFC's official rankings? I'm pretty sure. 
Let me really? just let me pull let me it up go. real quick. But right, I'm pretty go ahead, sure go it's ahead. Case. Yeah, it's uh Brady is 14. Excuse me, he's 14. Okay, uh, but he is he is top 15 ranked in the UFC. Brady's top 15 guy. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Kevin Lee is a top 15 guy in a different division. At lightweight, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Brady Brady could easily get the winner of this fight, and it's a very intriguing matchup. D-Rod versus Sean Brady is very interesting because one of those guys is going to have to take a step back, and they're both really, really good. But I feel like what Brady does really – what D-Rod does really well, Brady is getting better at. And what Brady does really well, I think he does that far and away better than D-Rod does, which makes the fight interesting. If it stays on the feet, it's D-Rod has the advantage, but if it goes to the ground, massive advantage for Sean Brady. Massive advantage. So I like that matchup. You could go back to the Lee one. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm fine with that. Or you could do Brady versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. There's, mm-hmm. there's options for him, but I would kind of just... I would just kind of like to see him get the winner of Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez, depending on when he can come back. Very logical. Could we do him and Tim Means? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big oh, that's a big experience gap. But again, I think Brady's at that point where we where we want to see him um, maybe taking on some recognizable names and and building his names off of them. Not that I'm saying Tim Means is a walkover by any stretch, but uh, I I think. Brady would probably be at least a two to one favorite in that matchup. Um, should it be made? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Brady's I like debut that. is against Court McGee, and that's a pretty oh, experienced dude. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim means three straight wins. I like that. I'll go. I'll go Timmy. I, I think your suggestion is what's most likely to happen. But just to throw an alternative out there, I'll I'll say the Dirty Bird. I think it's gonna be a fun fight for the Dirty Bird. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd love to. Uh, would love to derail a hype train, as it were. Yeah. Uh, from Scott McCrate. He wants to set. He says we got to see Cruz versus Aldo. He wants to punt Covington in favor of Vicente Luque versus Kamara Usman. Uh, Luque has been saying recently that he is very interested in that matchup, so we'll, we'll see. And then he has a bonus question, which I was doing a little bit of research, Mike, but I don't have the exact answer to. How many Darce choke submissions have there been in the history of the UFC? Oh, for Lord God's sake! Can you? I I have a. What, what would be your your guess? What would be your guess? Um, seven. Okay, definitely more. I, I, I didn't, again, I can say this because I, 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 I did, I was looking, I did look at this question ahead of time. Seventeen. <laughs> Seventeen is much closer. Uh, I know. So uh, as of a January 2016 article on UFC.com, uh, there, there was fifteen. So this was by January 2016. There was fifteen. Now I know since then, uh, Luke, Vicente Luke himself has had four. He's, he has the, the UFC record. That's and that's the record. Vicente Luque has the most with four, so it's at least nineteen. I think. Uh, oh, Tyron Woodley had one since then uh, with his win over Darren Till. So we're definitely in, at at least twenty. Uh, I, see, I think Tony Ferguson had all of his before that date. Yes, all his darts chokes were up to that point. So we're at around. Oh no, sorry, he had one after. He had one after. So we're we're we're, we're over twenty one. So Mike and this is Jen. Just sort of the biggest names, guys who have like holding records and stuff. So we're around. My guess would be around 25. Uh, if anyone, again, any listeners out there, if you know the exact number, please let me know. Um, but yeah, the number should be around 25. It's very rare. It's very rare. The first one ever was done by Kendall Grove, UFC 69. And that wasn't until 2007. Wow. So, so if you think about it, I mean, I know it feels like 2007. I was like 15 years ago. It's like, it's in, like that's still relatively 
like it took a long time compared to every other submissions that we saw. So, um, so yeah, I'd say about 25, Scott. But uh, if, if you, if Scott, if you know the answer, and this is like a trivia question. Yeah, please. Please, <laughs> please give us the answer. Uh, I do not. I do not keep a a comprehensive database of that sort of thing. Unfortunately, Michael Carroll. Michael Carroll. I bet would probably know. Um. Oh, here's a good question, Mike. This is a, here's a business question from Torbjorn at Top Resht on uh, Twitter. Would you guys be interested in starting up a Patreon to carry on the A side and other content lost from? <laughs> the prodigal return of Ariel Hawani and possibly uh, the development of new projects. Um, we don't really need to. Do you want to? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I, don't I don't think we need to do that. No. Uh, I think there's. I think there's ways where we could still do similar things. Yeah. In different areas, like we tried, for instance, during the main event and the co-main event of UFC 265, yes. we jumped on Twitter Spaces and just did a cool thing. Like we could do that. Like we could do. You know, you could do like a quick thirty-minute A-side type thing and just tag people in to yep. to shout their questions in. Like, yep. if you really wanted the content, or um, it can be done. The thing with Patreon, and I get why people do Patreon. Um, I thought about doing a Patreon myself before I came on MMA fighting. Yep. Uh, it's an extra way to to make some money and get some bonus content, and you could do it for cheap and get all that, all that stuff. My thing, and I think a lot of my colleagues, aka you included, would agree with this. We don't want to have people pay for our content. Like we, we don't want you I to mean, pay for it. Not, not. I, I think I don't like to get. You know, I don't want to get too inside baseball or too much how the sausage is made with our with our jobs and everything. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I, I want people to know uh, Mike and Jose still work for MMA Fighting. I don't, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't, by the way, that's a very important is, note. <laughs> I don't know if there's this misconception that like. Because your shows, we're doing a little bit of changing in programming, and yes, the, the A side, as we know it, is no longer on, and what the heck is, as we know it, is no longer on. You're still doing plenty of interviews, Mike, for MMA fighting. Uh, Jose is still going to be uh, is still doing social stuff, and we'll we'll probably work on some other kind of programming. Uh, MMA fighting is actually very good about, like I said, we're just re, we're just changing things. We're not. It wasn't like things are necessarily getting canceled per se. Um, and MMA fighting has actually been very good about sort of again giving us time and resources to try and work on some new projects. So. Uh, it would be yeah, as Mike used to say, it'd be very unfair of us to try and like start a Patreon on the side for for other um, projects when MMA fighting is still sort of supporting us in that sense. So yes, uh, it's a great question. I'm glad for the concern. I, I know a lot of listeners are sort of wondering the same thing. But um, no, if anything, we still have plenty of time to work. You you, you guys will probably be seeing new things uh, on the podcast and on the video docket. So uh, don't worry about that. But very much appreciated. And uh, yeah. Again, our, our programming is not going anywhere. Right? It is just uh, different permutations of things. And on to the next one, by the way. It definitely is not going anywhere. Yeah, it is the flagship. Planted in the <laughs> sand. It is the flagship show. Uh, just eating the way. Just continues oh. to grow. Uh, so, yes. Again, just to reiterate, not going anywhere. Uh, there's, I'm probably going to be doing more content than ever before with, with this new schedule. BTL has a new day. Uh, Wednesday is going to be really fun. Um in a couple weeks, Thursday is going to be awesome. I will not say, but it will be awesome. Uh, this coming Thursday will also be awesome. We're debuting something that I've been working on for a while, and it's insane. And I think you guys will dig that. Uh, plus, we have so many different ideas in the works right now that you guys are going to love. So don't you worry about that. 
the, the interviews will still be happening. Like uh, nothing really changes. Just Ariel's back, and that's great for everybody. And now we're adding new things. Now we can develop things that we've wanted to develop for a while, and things are happening, and it's all good. I promise you. So for the lovers, for the haters, <laughs> Mike's not going anywhere. All right, just, just know this now. Mike's not going anywhere. That's right. Um, before I move into some DMs, I should have mentioned some some. I should have done some house cleaning from stuff last week. Uh, Mike, I asked for uh, Francis and Ganu serial gone hashtags. Yes, <laughs> I, I was like Ganu gone and gone gone, and Ganu and Ganu, Cyril. I don't know. So we like to friends Cyril. I don't know. And I got a couple of good responses. <laughs> People liked someone liked Nganu. They think that's a good one. I, I don't know. I think it's a little unclear. It's not my favorite. And then uh, Pound D on Twitter said hashtag France on France crime. <laughs> okay, sure. And then uh, our our guy in uh, Denmark took Gerding Jensen with when Gan beats Nganu, it will be hashtag the French dispatch. So a very uh, classy, classy hashtag by Tok. So, so thank you, Tok. Uh, so guys, I mean, you know, look, that fight's not official yet. We have plenty of time to come up with a good hashtag. Uh, Mike, what was your what was your favorite? I went with Nganu. You like Nganu. That's right. Okay. That was so what you I, do like that. You rolled okay. your eyes. So that, well, I think that one, when you say it, it's not clear enough. You're, I think it looks I, – I think you're right. I think it looks good as a hashtag, I, but it's one like you can't really say it. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say, like, clearly. Yeah. But it looks so, good as a hashtag. I like Ngangan because it's just so fun to say. It's like salsa. Ngan-gan. I, yeah, Ngan-gan. I think that might have to be it. I think that's probably the one I would lean towards. I could see some friends, serial supporters out there, kind of Benefer type thing. I could, um, yeah, I could see, you know, Benefer's back, Mike. So that's right. <laughs> uh, and I also want to read a nice message from <laughs> a not so nice man on Twitter. Uh, Leafs choke 67. His name's Jim Leahy. Uh, and he his Twitter so Leafs choke sixty seven his Twitter uh, his Instagram photo is a custom made Montreal Canadiens jersey uh, with the number sixty seven on the back and Leafs suck so I uh, apologize to my my fellow Torontonians but uh, he had a very nice message he said he said I'm a complete sound whore for MMA podcasts I listen to them forty to fifty hours a week during work hours that can't be good for productivity Mike wow. He says, Otno is the go-to on Monday mornings to get the week going and to finish digesting last week's cards slash cards before looking ahead. So the timing is quite perfect. Um, and he's just a lot of other comments, Mike, for you and for myself. So thank you, Jim. Stop hating on the Leafs. Bruins rule. Leafs suck. I agree with you, well, Jim. No, Jim, I think we can both agree that the, that the Bruins can eat it. So there we go. You know what, Jim? <gasps> I, think we found, I think we found common ground. I think we found common ground. Oh, how dare you? <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. Back to the questions. Back to the questions. Uh, on Twitter, DMs. Dylan, at RickSnip277. Two questions. First, uh, what, uh, Mike, I don't know if, you'll, if, you're, if you're down with this product right now, but what do you think of CM Punk and Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, uh, possibly joining AEW? Do you have any thoughts on that, Mike? Um, I, listen, I'm not saying I'm... I'm not a huge AEW fan. You're an old school guy. Yeah, I'm not a huge AEW fan. I've given it, I've given it a shot. Mm-hmm. I've watched Dynamite maybe three or four times and I, it's just too much it's just too much and like a lot of people are like well how can you like the late 90s early 2000s wwe but not like AEW? it's the same thing no it is not the same thing everybody's in a faction everybody's in a group every match is 35 minutes like it drives me crazy oh it just drives me, it, it drives you nuts like it's just not it's just oh you're not a fan you're it's not, not a digestible not, show 
It's not just you haven't watched it. You're not a fan. There's not like there's a lot of very talented people. This I think the booking is very questionable. Like I just I feel like I feel like AEW does a nice job putting together a product. The matches are entertaining. I feel like the show is booked horribly every single week. It just makes no sense. Now, CM Punk and Brian Danielson, you bring them in the mix. You best believe I'll be watching every Wednesday. And it seems to me, just from everything that I've read and people that I've talked to who work in the industry, it seems like it's a done deal. Like, this is going to happen. We're going to see both of these guys in AEW in the next couple of months. Um, and I think it's a very good thing. And I think it's great. I mean, this is huge. Who who would have thought CM Punk would be would be wrestling again? This is a very big deal. And CM Punk's going to make a lot of money. He's going to work with who he wants to work with. He's going to do things his way. And AEW and Tony Khan are not going to get in his way. And Brian Danielson, like some of the matches he can have, whoo, I'm very excited. I think it's a it's a very good thing. I just hope AEW doesn't do anything dumb and put them in a faction and just like just let them work and have great matches, have good stories, and I'll be happy. Don't That's ruin them. You, you'll be happy. That's Don't what ruin AEW them. Does AEW, Don't ruin them. Do. They haven't ruined anybody. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. AEW, the, the one thing I think they're good at is not putting guys in ridiculous positions and letting them just work and do their best work. But I do watch it a lot more frequently, I will say. I'm, I'm a stan. And you've now stirred the AEW hive, uh, Mike. You are not. I am not at responsibility to. You should. You could have just said, I'm not the interest in the product. But you, you, had, to, you, had, to go in, you had to go in on it. Uh, and I, I respect your opinion, Mike. But I am not the internet wrestling community. They are not as understanding as I am. So I'll just say this. Please, my fellow AEW fanatics, do not, do not go at Mike on, on Twitter. All right? Let, let him. He is. I respect his opinion. He's watched, been watching wrestling for a long time. I think he's wrong here. But I respect <laughs> him. Um, you know, it's funny. I always. So I'm pretty good at, at calling when guys will, guys or gals will um, ever come out of retirement. I knew. I always knew George St. Pierre was going to come back after the Johnny Hendricks fight. I stuck with that for years. People laughed at me. I said he was going to fight again. I was right on that one. Uh, Ronda Rousey, jury's still out. That looks unlikely. I was actually, I felt very confident she would fight again, even after the getting like the getting embarrassed by Amanda Nunez. I was like so confident she would fight again someday. Now I'm starting to now I'm starting to realize that's probably not going to happen. So maybe wrong on that one. Uh, Habib, jury's out. I I do think he'll fight again someday. Uh, CM Punk, I thought would I was I was sure would wrestle again someday. But I thought he would mend fences with WWE and go back there. But I also this was before AEW existed. This was like before I thought there would be any sort of reasonable alternative to go to. I thought like he's gonna want to wrestle again someday or be involved in it. And I mean WWE is where all the money is. There's no such thing as a as a permanently burnt bridge in, in pro wrestling. Even with the WWE, you can always go home again. Um, so I thought he would do that. So it's very cool that him and yes and yes uh, Brian Danielson are going to uh, AEW. So I'm excited for that. Fingers crossed. I'll be in Chicago next month to maybe see the cm punk debut but travel restrictions covid i don't know we'll see but uh people i got i got tickets for uh for those shows so reach out to me now i'll let you know if they become available uh second question back to mma back to mma also from dylan would you rather see and this is a good question for you because you've been trumpeting one of these matchups for a long time would you rather see max holloway versus aj mckee or holloway versus justin gaethje You can only pick one. You can only pick. I'll, I'll up the ante. You can only pick one, and then the second one is guaranteed to never happen. 
which I guess isn't that hard because we're probably never going to. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. If, if McKee ever comes to the UFC, it'll definitely happen. But So, yes, in this scenario, you can only pick one, Mike, and the other one is forever, will never be booked. It's, Gaethje, it's, the, it's the Gaethje fight. It's definitely oh, the Gaethje fight. Really? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, listen. You're so in on that. You're so in on it. I'm so in on it. And like you said, and I'm weighing in the fact that I believe AJ McKee will fight in the UFC someday. I don't think, but I just don't. I'm already upset with how Bellator has handled this whole situation. Like, mm. I, like, what is AJ McKee doing right now? Why is he not on every single television show? Why are they not sending uh, yeah. him on the on the media tour? Like, everybody, every sports fan should know his name. He should have been on Sports Center doing interviews. He, one thousand percent. I don't like what they're doing already. The UFC did more for Michael Chandler in the first three weeks he signed with them than Bellator ever did with Michael Chandler. Like the, he was a bigger star, not fighting at UFC 254, than he ever was in Bellator. Like they just they put the promotional push behind him, and people started to believe like this could be the guy. I can't wait to see him fight because when he signed, people were like, "Oh, Michael Chandler's here. He can't compete." But UFC made people believe that he could, and he went out there and beat Dan Hooker, and it was just the perfect storm of everything. I think if AJ McKee gets to the UFC, they'll do the same thing with him. They will build him up proper and do what Bellator has somehow not been able to do. Like Scott Coker can go out in front of the media after a show and be like, AJ McKee's the best fighter in the world. But like nobody really knows that outside of the people who are watching Bellator. Like nobody else knew from the MMA space who are just UFC fans know who AJ McKee is now than they did heading into the Patricio Pitbull fight. It's crazy. I think they dropped the ball big time. So I think AJ will end up in the UFC. And let's just be clear, how many fights does Justin Gaethje have left? Like, how many? How many wars can this guy go through? He could probably go through four, five, maybe six more. But... That's, I mean, that's a big ask with the with the style that he brings to the table. He's not going to be fighting Habib every single time. Who's going to be like, you know what? I care about this guy. His parents are here. I'm going to put him in a triangle instead of trying to rip his arm off. It's just not going to happen. Michael Chandler's going to try to bash his head in. So that's where I'm at. I want to see Holloway Gaethje before the time runs out. I, I think there will be a day, probably the next three years, we will see Max Holloway versus AJ McKee in the UFC. Uh, I'll lean towards the Holloway McKee matchup, though I do like what you're saying about Holloway Gaethje. I, I, you suddenly just had me dreading the day when that legendary like Gaethje chin finally gives in, and oh gosh, he's just getting like flash KO'd. Uh, I hope again, I hope he retires before that day comes. Um, he seems to be making a good amount of money now, and again, I hope he's you know uh, it's enough and that he's saving up. And I don't want to see that day. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, of course, the worst case scenario will always be like Chuck Liddell. Who the last three fights of his like I uh, make career? Oh, and sorry, and including the the the, the uh, Tito Ortiz trilogy about utterly macabre, um, and I don't want to see that happen to Justin Gaethje. So, uh, but I'll lean towards Holloway McKee. I just think uh, the best version of Holloway is at 145. Oh, actually, but I guess I guess in this question, who knows? Maybe McKee by the time he comes to the UFC says I'm a 155er, and we don't see him um, compete at 145 anymore. So, I'll still lean towards Holloway McKee. I just it's a fre- it's just fresher in my mind. Um, I've just never had Holloway Gaethje lined up like you have. Though you've you've made many many compelling arguments for that bout, but um, I'll just go the other way with it. For I don't know for the sake of the show, I feel like a guy with like Holloway. Yeah, he fights in the featherweight division, but I don't think he really cares. He just wants to mm-hmm. be challenged, and I feel yeah. like Gaethje would would get him out of bed and be like, "Oh damn, 
I want to fight this guy. Like, I really want to fight this guy. This should be fun. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Um, Mike, I said I wasn't going to read any troll questions, but I got one here. This guy just will not leave me alone. He's the worst. Um, his name's Cole Shelton. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Uh, Cole Shelton, at Cole Shelton 91. Uh, he has, he's a writer. He writes for uh, BJPen.com. Um, and so many other websites, very talented young reporter. Uh, he's a troll. And his, he said, <laughs> he has me, he says, why is AK Lee so bad at between the links? I seriously want this answered. Um, I, I, I have blocked him since, so, uh, he will not. Yeah. So I, he'll have to listen to the show to get the response. He's been blocked. Um, uh, Mike, you know, I love you and I love all in my fighting programming i should let people know i th- here's more inside baseball this is a very in, uh, in behind the scenes episode uh i hate i hate debating uh stuff i do not enjoy it i am not a debate person i'm such a uh pushover such a oh well let me hear you know oh yes you know someone makes a point okay i see that you know i see i don't might not agree but i see your point um so i've had moments i mean jed certainly brings out the worst in me oh yeah so i can be <laughs> I mean, I can I can be fiery when it comes to it, especially when it's when I see a you know a great evil in front of me. Um, but generally, I I hate debating, so I I, I don't mind doing the show because it's fun to talk and it's fun to you know just go about the issues of the day. But I never go, I rarely go in expecting to win, um, and uh, and I'm more than happy to to not be on the show uh, if if other guests step up. But yes, that so Cole uh, again, if you're listening. Uh, I, I, it's, 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 it's all me, man. It's not the show. It's just, I have, I have confidence at issues and I just do not, I don't like arguments. Mike, I'm not an argumentative person. Yeah. And, and that is an unfair question because AK is very good at the show and, you know, he's the baby face for sure. But like AK said there, well, I don't remember what what were we talking about where he just, I mean, you guys went at it. It was tremendous. Got ugly. I got ugly. I don't recognize myself. Yeah, it was it was really good. Sound. I'm trying to remember what that it was. That was. Oh, me. it was. I, I remember what it was. It was. It was when Sean O'Malley was going to fight Chris Boutinho. Yeah. And you loved it. He hated it. Yeah. Yep. That was a, a phenomenal. That was that. That was one of the best episodes ever. That's not me. That's that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah, I mean, Jed didn't even know what to do because you're like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. It was amazing. 
anyway, thank you for the question, Cole. Uh, if we ever go ice fishing, I'm going to push you into the hole. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, Zach Hughes uh, with a question for us. Uh, first off, shout out Duval. Secondly, uh, he also says, love the show. Thanks for all of you that we do for the MMA community. I love when the guys say stuff like that. Uh, Mike, is it time to finally give – this is always a, this is like a, a monthly question. Is it time to finally give Sean O'Malley a bigger name step up in competition? Is it too Or is it too much of a risk of his star power at this point? If so, who would you guys want to match up with? He says he'd go with Edgar or Asuncao. Mike, what do you think for O'Malley? Uh, too, is it time and who? Yeah, I know, I know we were talking about Canadian reporters that people might not recognize. Uh, you mentioned Cole Shelton. There's another one that, I, that, that I'm going to bring up. Um, I don't know if you've, you've heard of him, AK. Ariel Hawani. I, I, I don't know if you've heard of this gentleman. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I haven't I'll either. Check, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I haven't either. But, but from, from what I do know, when he reports something, there's usually some smoke to the fire. Uh, he reported that the UFC is trying to make a fight between Sean O'Malley and Frankie Edgar. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I assume with this guy, since he's got an incredible record of not being wrong, uh, that maybe they will do that. I think that fight makes a lot of sense. The The most sensical fight was the Cody Garbrandt fight, and they should the UFC should have done everything to try to make that fight happen. Uh, I understand Cody's going to drop to 125, but... Uh, and if he wins, you know, maybe he'll fight for a title where he'll lose to Brandon Moreno more than likely. But I don't know. I, I just felt like for where Cody's at in his career, it made way more sense to try to beat Sean O'Malley because a win over Sean O'Malley just means a lot right now with his name and the following he has. It would mean a lot. And Cody would probably get into like top three contention in the UFC's eyes if he beat Sean O'Malley. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to do Frankie Edgar fine it's an interesting fight frankie has been in these positions before taking on these young bucks these up-and-comers who a lot of people feel like will start frankie edgar and what happens he goes out there and like finishes dude in the first round so i don't know if that would happen here i don't love the matchup for frankie just because of what we saw in the sandhagen fight but Listen, when you're in the UFC and you're in this position and you have a career and a resume like Frankie Edgar's, sometimes you're going to have to fight these super dangerous guys, and I'm fine with that. Like, I don't like the Asuncao fight that much. Um, if you're going to do if you're gonna do Asuncao, just do it the rematch of Cheeto. I'd rather see that than, than Asuncao fight because Asuncao hasn't been able to make it to the octagon in quite some time. So, yeah, if you want to do Frankie, that's fine. But I don't hate the font idea either, AK. I don't hate it. Font threw his name out. I loved the call. I thought the call was absolutely perfect. And if Font just happens to be the odd man out of this equation between Sandhagen and Aldo and Dillashaw and the title, Font versus O'Malley sounds just fine with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's a risky fight for Font, but it's also, with what's available, I think it's a more meaningful fight than anything else you'd get realistically right now if he is the odd man out of this title conversation. I think Font is a risky fight for the UFC. I think he could really bad. And I, and I think O'Malley is really talented. But I think Font could really badly derail that O'Malley hype train. So I think Edgar probably the more logical choice. It would make me sad uh, if if Edgar got like knocked just with some spinning back kick to the head again. Um, but again, I, like you said, I also like his chances too. Like seeing him beat O'Malley would be a lot of fun for me. So I I I'd probably lean towards the Edgar one. Um, again, I think Font is a is a step above both guys right now. 
and that he can make O'Malley look really bad. I don't think the UFC uh, would want that. But I do, again, these are all in play. N- none of these matchups would surprise me if they were booked. Um, I think the only thing that would have a lot of fans kind of shaking their heads if it was, uh, you know, uh, another short notice replacement like a Moutinho out of nowhere. And but again, what can you do about that, right? So, right. Uh, 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 this will probably take a longer question, Mike, but I, you, 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 I think you can give you guys a little bit of help. Uh, at Pound Town Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. At Pound Town Pcast on Twitter. I want to get their address right. So people want to look them up. But they're the Pound Town Podcast. Uh, they want to know. Uh, they, you know, they've started a podcast, but how do you have any tips or insight on successfully starting one, sort of getting new listeners? And, and um, well, first of all, I'll give, like I said, give you guys a shout out in the show, Pound Town Podcast, Jimmy and Dylan. Don't make me regret this. Um, they're on uh, they're on Spotify, and again, guys, look them up on Twitter. Uh, Mike, you would know more about this than I do. How what's uh what's kind of the tip to getting started, just from 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 the bottom, and and now we're you know now we're here. Um, just do it. And just do it consistently. That's that, that's the best piece of advice I can give yeah, you. If you one. say you're going to do something, if you say, hey, this show's happening at least once a week, you best put out a show once a week because consistency is how people are going to get to know you. If you expect people to just listen to your show on week one, week two, week three, and then just like, yeah, no one's listening, I'm done. That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. If you really want to do this and just think of it like just think of it in this way. You're not going to get the listeners right off the bat. It's just not going to happen unless you land a whale, which don't even try to do that because it's not worth it. You're just going to stress yourself out and then you have nothing to do. But just have fun. Like if it's you and your friend and like other friends and you're talking to me, just like just do that. Just do that and have fun with it. And if people listen, great. And eventually, if you continue to do it and you're consistent with everything and you do what you say you're going to do, then people will start listening. So that would be. That would be my advice. That is the best piece of advice that I could give you. Just do it. Do what you say you're going to do and be consistent. Don't miss weeks. Don't leave spaces. Figure it out and get something on the air for people to listen to. Yeah, and and uh, I'll go with that. I know this is how Mike did it. Like, you got to build up your contacts. You got to – you can't be – like you said, don't necessarily go after – try and go after those big fish um, if you have fighters in your area, that's a great way to start. Mike, I know you, you have, you know, so many fighters and managers and coaches in the new England area. Uh, and you know, again, and I, and here's the thing is, I know, I know you didn't get into the interviewing these guys thinking like, Oh, I'm just going to interview this guy because I someday it's like, no, you interview every fighter and treat them with respect. If they become big someday, great. You know, there's a there's a payoff later. But otherwise, it's just good to hear people's stories and you know work on your interview skills. Like Mike said, just do it because every interview, whether it's whether it's freaking Francis Ngannou or some four and guy on the regional scene, you're gonna learn something from it, right? So so that's big. So that's yeah, definitely like you said, it's consistency, um, getting the reps, uh, and, and I'll, I'll I'll add this in. Uh, at some point, it's it's great to be a fan. Learn. You're gonna have to separate your. So using your whatever you use your public account for, uh, your Twitter account. Separate your fandom from your professional life because I know many. I shouldn't say many. I know a few aspiring podcasters who I thought had a lot of potential, but at some point maybe they got they started getting a little bit big and started using their voice to like, like like be very like call out fighters and things like that and you just want to be careful with that you want to be have an opinion you certainly want to be known um for something 
Um, and, and and sometimes you can get away with it. Like like uh, Robbie Barstool has gotten has made his whole persona out of being this like McGregor super fan, and that's great for him. But again, you you kind of have to get to a certain point before you do something like that. So unless uh, until you reach a level where you're working with like a Barstool or someone like that, you need to again kind of be measured in your fandom. So yes, have an opinion, but don't try to become a hot take person. Don't try to be like oh we're gonna have this you know that say something that goes viral. Just be you. Just be normal. Um, maybe rein in some of your more radical tendencies if you have those <laughs> and, uh, and be professional. So consistency, yes. reliability, professional. Be, and be, be nice to people. Gosh, be nice. It takes you so far in this business. I'll tell you right now. Mike, Mike helped me out a lot when I was coming up uh, in this industry. He had he didn't have to, but Mike had me on shows like uh, Between the Links before I was on MMA Fighting, um, and that helped me a lot. So be nice to people. And 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 I tell you, who knows? Uh, hopefully, guys, Pound Town Podcast. We see you. Uh, we see you in the MMA circle, and and uh, we're talking to you on one of these shows someday. So good luck with it, boys. Good luck. Yes, absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike. I know we got. Uh, we have three questions left. Some of these are pretty in depth. So for Graham McCullough, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut one of these questions. Uh, I'm going to give it a quick. He was just one of them is just related to uh, ESPN saying, "Are we frustrated when we see guys like Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, Ryan Clark, like ESPN associated guys get better coverage?" Um, because of their association with the you know ESPN rather than necessarily being fans of MMA, it, I'll say quickly it doesn't bother me. I'm not a fan of some of these guys' analysis for sure, but that's just the nature of the game. They're an affiliate of the UFC. There's no part of me that's like, oh, I can't believe they're. I was like, no, I know why they're talking. Why Stephen A. Smith's talking to this guy? I know why Max Kellerman's has this platform. So that's fine. I, I, that doesn't bother me, Mike. I don't. I don't know about you. Yeah, n- none of that stuff bothers me. They're no. they are. I mean, they're they are partners with the UFC. They are the yeah. broadcast partner of the UFC. So there's certain things that like there's certain things surrounding that 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 kind of frustrate me. And I won't go into those specifically. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're the broadcast partner. They get the interviews. They get the the spotlight, and oftentimes they get the scoops. They get the big fight scoops thrown right at them, mm-hmm. uh, and they get all the credit for it. Like that. It's that's what happens when you're the broadcast partner. They feed you that information. So, um, and good for them. They've earned the right. They work their asses off to get to where they're at. So I have no issue with it whatsoever. Um, doesn't bother me. I can do my job right here, right in my little chair here. I don't need to travel anywhere. I don't need to go to a fancy studio. I can do it right here. So, um, no, I'm not frustrated. Doesn't make me crazy. Uh, that's just part of being a broadcast partner of the UFC, and that's it. Stas, two, one, fire. Yeah, yeah, Graham. There's, there's no drama there. Again, we can, we can disagree with some of the, you know, the presentation and some of these guys' opinions, but uh, there's definitely no like uh, envy or, you know, like, oh, why are they getting this? That's the biz. That's the biz. That's the life. Uh, second part of his question, kind of related. Again, this is uh, this is a for me the answer would just be that's the biz. Um, he just wants to know Michael Bisping. He's kind of like uh, this, is, this Graham is framing this someone who like doesn't is not like on the complaining about fighter pay bandwagon. Uh, Bisping. He says like Bisping. Whenever the topic of fighter pay comes up, will kind of deflect and go to like, well, when I was coming up, you know, we were fighting for a hot dog and five hundred dollars. That. So Graham's question is like, is this simply that he's a homer because he's still kind of paid by the UFC? Or do you think that he really believes that the current fighter pay is fair? Um, I'll say first, uh, guys like Bisping and and fighters in general, you got to remember, guys, they're going to have a perspective, especially guys who've been fighting as long as he did, who started in the early 2000s and what have you, are going to have a very different perspective than fans, 
than us in the media. Um, they've just lived through certain things uh, and they're going to process them way differently. So I have a lot of respect for Michael Bisping's opinions in general. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with him on fighter pay. I don't agree with him sort of recently. Um, he's not really sympathetic towards uh, athletes who say they're kind of dealing with, with some some mental issues. Um, this did, he came up with Simone Biles and another fighter um, who had uh, it, there was a fight that was that was happening when um, one of the fighters said, I don't know if it was Sean Strickland, like they had recently, they had they'd become, they had gone through some sort of, like spoken to a, a, a sports psychiatrist or something to sort of rebound and, and, and come back. And uh, Michael Bisson kind of didn't understand that. But again, he's from a different background and perspective. So that's kind of my thoughts on that, Mike. Do you think that he's a bit of a homer, at least when it comes to the issue of, of fighter pay? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much with you on everything you just said. It's it's tough with Bisbing because he does have a different perspective. Like, this is a guy who literally, like, just crawled from the bottom and yes. became a UFC champion. So he, he looks at things way differently. The Ultimate Fighter was such a massive opportunity for him, and he made the most of it. And just being in the UFC and the money he made just on that Ultimate Fighter contract was probably, like, way more than, like, way more than he had oh ever gosh. made in his career by a yeah. country mile. So, yeah. Uh, I do also think that part of him is a homer. Um, and the other thing is, like, until the fighters come together, nothing's ever going to change. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, we could sit there and talk about fighter pay and how it's not fair. And I think we're all in agreement that it's pretty awful. But it, listen, it's up to them to get this to get something rolling here. And they just are not doing it. So... Nothing's going to change until you come out and try to change it yourself. I can't change it. AK can't change it. Michael Bisbing can't even change it for you. Uh, so maybe Bisbing in his own fighter way is trying to get the fighters to step up and do something about it. Because until that happens, we're going to have the same conversation for the next 10 years. And it sucks, but that's where we're at. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's I know. I agree. Uh, just a couple more, Mike. Jake Salky on Twitter just wants to say he's got a, a match make for us. He says he wants to see Davion Franklin versus Saeed Soma. Do you think uh, Franklin's past Soma at this point? Soma just beat uh, Ronnie Marks. Uh, do you think Franklin's above that? Or do you think that's a good? That's kind of the good. I think he's one and one in Bellator. I think that's a good logical. I think if they can book that fight quickly, I think Franklin will be fine with it. I don't think he cares about. I mean, the Congo Congo's about to fight himself at the end of the mm-hmm. month, right? Mm-hmm. That South Dakota card. So I like that idea, but if Fra- I mean, hell, if Franklin wants to turn back around and they can make that fight like on that card or maybe the September card with with Yoel and Phil Davis. Yeah, I think he'd take it as long as it's something he can jump on quick and get another win. I think he's fine with that. He just wants to stay active and fight and build his way up to the top. So. Soma's fine. That's that's a fine fight. I'm just glad to see people matchmaking for Davion Franklin. I think that's really cool. So uh, thanks, Jake. Uh, last one on Twitter from the UFC report. Uh, they just want. They said, okay, beyond the obvious matchups, they want to see like Izzy Whitaker too, uh, Del Bronx and Poirier. Uh, he really wants to see Leon Edwards and Jorge Masvidal. I agree. The UFC report. Uh, that for me, that ship has not sailed. That ship may never sail until both men are retired. For me, frankly, I think I still think you can make that fight happen whenever. Maybe it doesn't need to happen during Leon Edwards's um, current like crazy ass win streak, but I think it can happen someday. So I'm with you on that one. Question. <laughs> this was asked, by the way, before PFL on Friday. 
he wanted to know he lo- he says uh rory is one of his favorite fighters ever rory mcdonald and if he announced that he was well this would be this would be a different question now he wants to know if, if Roy McDonald uh, ended up going back to the UFC, who should he fight? So we'll start with that, Mike. And then obviously, I think we'll ask the logical question, who would Ray Cooper fight if he went to the UFC? But Roy McDonald, let's say he's one and done with the PFL, ends up back in the UFC. Um, who would be a logical fight for him at this stage of his career, the way he's performed lately? It would have to be, despite his recent downfalls, he does have a name. So it would have to be somebody that the UFC would attempt to put in kind of, it would have to like be a win-win fight. If Rory won, it'd be like, oh, Rory's back, baby. And if he lost, it'd be like, all right, Rory's name, put this person over. Um, Brady's not a bad idea. Oh, that might actually want, be. I don't want to see him use. I don't want to see them use Rory as a stepping stone. <laughs> I mean, what else can you do at this point? The other would be Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, I like that one a little more. Yeah, yeah, those are the two. Uh, I'll go Condit. I'll go the Condit rematch. Uh, I'll go. I still think. I mean, that's one I think a lot of people thought would happen before uh, Rory left the UFC. That 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 would be one of his uh, one of his fights, and then of course he surprisingly parted ways with the company, so we didn't get to see that rematch. But the first fight was very very. Uh, was exciting. It was a last-minute win for Condit. I'm sure Rory would love to get that one back. Um, it was a fight that he was winning, and, and I think there are the stages of their career where, where that would still be um, compelling. So I'll go. I'll go with that. Um, and then yes, he's you'll see reports it after. Uh, maybe I should have asked about Ray Cooper instead. So uh, yeah, what do we do with Ray Cooper? He's kind of weird because he's a, such a short welterweight, but I think he's also got that like Tiago Alves body where I don't think he could make 155 comfortably without like dramatically changing his body and probably making himself a less effective fighter. So he is a welterweight. Um, oh gosh, what would be a good top 20? Would you give him a top 20 opponent? Uh, Mike, let's say he wins the PFL tournament and has a lot of heat behind him and, and, he, and he's done with the PFL. There's only one answer to this question. Oh, it hit me. It's Nico Price. <laughs> oh, why, 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 why is Nico such a clear answer? Because Nico's awesome and he's yes. crazy, and Correct. Ray Cooper is a powerhouse, and yes. I think that's the fight. I don't think you can go wrong. I think I'm not gonna say Nico's a very good litmus test at welterweight. Like welterweight is in a different spot than some of these other divisions just because there's so much talent and there's so much star power like throughout the division like you mentioned Condit and the Lawlers and even now you get the Nick Diaz's and such so yeah Ray Cooper versus Diego Price who is going to complain about that fight that's a perfect debut fight that's a great fight you know what I think the UFC would do though I think (laughs) I think out of pettiness they would try and make him book him to lose his first fight just to you know to do the whole almost like a Vince McMahon like I need to build them back from scratch so I want to I want to show that the this guy from another league is not at the UFC level I think this would look insane on paper given their uh, difference in UFC experience but their records uh, pro records are not that different I think they like would throw him in there with Neil Magny or something I think they <laughs> I think they would throw him in there with Neil Magny with the, with the idea that Magny would, would win a, a pretty convincing decision over him but uh yeah, Magny his 26th UFC fight uh, <laughs> versus someone making their debut. Stranger things have happened. I don't know. I, I just got a weird feeling. And by the way, I don't expect uh, Ray Cooper to go to the UFC anytime soon anyway. So, um, but yeah, fun thought experiment. And uh, he certainly has the the talent to compete at the UFC level, Bellator level. 
Um, but if you can stay in PFL, keep making millions, uh, Ray Cooper, I say, just have at it, man. I mean, if you, he wins a rematch with Megamud Karamov, uh, stay there. Keep keep going. Yep. All right, Mike. Let's end with a quick uh, – oh, gosh. I really should have screened these. Last one from Just Call Me Bob. He's got some rapid fires, Mike. Are you ready? Are, ready. Is your, bra- is your brain loose? It's loose. All right. All right. All right. He says, don't put too much thought into this, please. Uh, Mike, pizza or tacos? Tacos. I'll go pizza. WC or strike force? WC. I'm going opposite again. I'm going strike force. Okay, I don't think we're going to upset all these. <laughs> Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Ugh. <laughs> None. Zero. Neither, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, Elon Musk a little bit funnier, I guess, but they're both terrible. Uh, oat milk or almond milk? Almond milk. Yeah, almond milk, I guess. What's oat? I don't, have I never I've never had, had oat, oat milk. milk. Okay. I don't Casey likes oat milk, I think. Oh, definitely almond milk then. There you go. That settles that. Uh, heel Connor gets worse or Con... Oh, okay, okay. This is a tough one. So Connor, I guess his behavior gets worse or he just retires. What would you rather see? What would I rather see? Him retire. I don't want to see his yeah, behavior Yeah, I don't worse. think anyone wants... I agree. Retire. I don't think anyone wants to see him get worse. Oh, this is easy. Leno or Letterman? Letterman. Yeah, Letterman. Come on. Um, fighters Union or no? Would you rather? Oh, this is an easy one too. Would you rather see a Fighters Union or no judging controversies? Oh God, the first one by yeah you, yeah. Union man, uh, yeah. We, we we can't harp on the union thing enough. <laughs> fans wooing or fans booing? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'd probably take the boos over honestly. Yeah, yeah. Booing is okay. I mean, if it's one or the other and they're the same, like at the same level they're at right now, I'll take the (laughs) boos over the woos. Definitely. I don't think there's there's anything wrong with fans booing. If there's a bad fight, fans should be allowed to boo. That's what's wrong with that. That's okay. I don't don't like when they boo like every fight that's not like a, you know, slanging and banging. I think that's where he's going with this. But you certainly want to have the option. Wooing is never necessary. We don't ever need to hear people booing. Yeah, we shouldn't be cheering. Like, Nganu Lewis won. Like, we shouldn't be cheering that. Like, you got to boo. You got to boo that. <laughs> yeah, fight. you got to boo. It's a bad fight. Uh, and I'd rather hear them booing it than booing it. That's for darn sure. Uh, this is a great question. A classic question. Would you, uh, GSP Silva or John Jones Silva? GSP Silva. Talking about, let's say, everyone in their relative primes. GSP Silva. Yeah, GSP Silva. I think it's a more competitive fight. I think John Jones, I think prime John Jones kills prime Anderson. I'm sorry. Uh, you have to fight. And, and I'm going to, by the way, I always, I, anytime I ask these questions, I always put in the caveat, like, you have to put in a fair effort. You can't just tap out in the first, like, three seconds. Um, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, Francis Ngannou. Oh. Brock, more money. Oh, that's so smart. I was going to say Ngannou, because I think Ngannou is a little bit nicer. I don't think he has the mean streak that a Brock Lesnar has. Not like Brock Lesnar is like an evil guy, but I feel like he would take a little, have a little bit of fun with beating up someone in the media. I think he'd enjoy it. I think he'd definitely slap you around a little bit before like either pounding you out or, or, or choking you. I think Ngana would be nice enough to like push you around, maybe give you a couple of knocks to the dome, and then uh, and just say, lie down, I'm going to put you in an arm bar. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd get whooped either way, but I mean, oh, I would definitely get whooped either way, but Brock, at least I would wake up and dry my tears with $100 bills. <laughs> End war or end poverty? It's deep. That's super deep. Both. Oh, look at you! No, you. you how dare you? Uh, no, I'll I, say I, I'll say war because ending war probably could help lead to ending poverty. 
I think the opposite, or both. I think one, I, would, I think both. The problems are related. Let's yeah, put it that way. I mean, if I have to choose one, I want everybody to freaking eat and have money and be exactly. able to live. Yes, I'm 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 ending poverty. I love war. Um, fully endorse. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather fully endorse all of Jed's takes or let him babysit for you? I'll definitely endorse all of his takes. You no, you wouldn't trust Jed with the life of your child. I I don't. He lives like four thousand. Like soon, if all goes well, I'll be living near Jed. So I would have to like. <laughs> oh, I can't just be like, "Hey, Jed, you were on between the links thirty-two <laughs> times here. Here's my eight-year-old. See you next week." Yes, you can. Legally, you are allowed to do that. Yeah, I'm not There's going no to law. do that. Not, okay, I'm just saying legally you can do that. Uh, he's an esquire, you know. He's a Jed Mashu esquire. I know. That's, what's that? He's he's a lawyer, right? What does that mean? I think <laughs> paralegal. He's, yeah, something in the the law world. I'll never. <laughs> I'll never know what that means. Uh, I would definitely rather let him babysit my my uh, non-existent child right now. Uh, no, I will never fully endure. But as a this. host of a show that has Jed on it a lot, Jed is gold for that yes, kind of but, show. But 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 I think we have a, dis- a legal disclaimer at the beginning of the show that uh, having him on does not. Su- Jed Mashu's opinions reflect are not reflective of of between the links or Mike Heck or MMA fighting or Vox Media, right? So. I we think people like, get that as soon as he opens his exactly. mouth. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I hope people know that we are not fully endorsing Jed's takes and never will. Uh, last one. He just wants to end with a plea to Mike for some, uh, I don't know, he wants to check the tape. Oh, I guess because he's been calling for this and he thinks it might happen someday. He says, he wants to check the tapes for when this happens. Both men want it. One even called for the matchup this week. Mike, you're in full control. Give us the joke, Jed, apparently. Jed the joke versus the nose on between the links. Mashu Helwani is the matchup of the year. Maybe. I think we'll be able to make that happen at some point. All right. Um, all right. And Ariel is a all-in-out liar when uh, he said that. I never <laughs> asked him to be on the show because oh, I asked him to be on the show like a thousand times. Oh, the call-out. Well, now he's back with the MMA family. There's no getting away. When you're part of the MMA, MMA fighting family, that means you got to fight with family sometimes. So Yeah, I think I think he'll be on at some point. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mike, that's it, man. Unless you've got some other messages lying around. Uh, thank you, everyone who sent in questions and comments and matchmaking suggestions. Uh, you guys rule. And uh, we'll be back with a regular show next weekend, right? Yes. I'm trying. I don't even know what what freaking card that is. I was going to say, I'm also hitting my, my keyboard right now. <laughs> uh, let me pull this up. Uh, Gastelum and Cannoneer. Oh. Hold on. I still have to pull it up to see the whole card. That's all I know. Uh, I, I will tell you, it will, we'll, we'll figure this all out. We'll, we'll figure this all out. Um, August 20th, which is the day before, I begin like a 10-day vacation. So uh, I will make sure we have an on to the next one. We'll figure it out. Um, okay, so here's the card. Okay, so that's going down. Can there Gasol main event? Clay Guida versus Marco Madsen. Chase Sherman, Park Reporter. Yeah, that's Jed, the Jed Mishu special right there. Uh, Vince Pichel, Austin Hubbard is fun. Alexander Pantoja versus Ooh. Brandon Royval is a great wow. fight. That's a good one. Mana Martinez fighting Trevin Jones? When did the hell that happen? Oh, John, uh, he's he was, fighting Jonathan Martinez, isn't he? Well, I know Mana Martinez was supposed to fight um, Jesse Strader. And Strader had to withdraw. And I'm seeing reports that he was replaced by Trevin Jones. And then I thought I saw a report that Nathaniel Wood was out of the Jonathan Martinez fight, and now Trevin Jones is fighting Jonathan Martinez. Apparently, it is Mena. 
Nope, it is mana. August 21st. Okay. okay. All right. So I guess jo- I think Jonathan is just out of luck, out of, out of a fight, unfortunately. Okay, so those reports were inaccurate. Okay. okay. Uh, William Knight, Fabio Charantz, New England on New England crime. Uh, oh. Luis Saldana versus Austin Lingo. That's so good. Come Our on. Good I, I'm friend. still waiting for the Austin Lingo to, to, to live up to some of the crazy-ass hype he had before the UFC. Yeah, he looked good in his last fight, though. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelleher, our old friend versus Domingo Pilarte. Ramiz yeah. Brahmaj versus Sasha Platnikov. That's going to be a fun fight. Uh, Bia Malecki versus Josiane Nunez, Roosevelt Roberts versus Ignacio Bahamondes. That's a crazy fight, too. And Abdul Razak Al-Hassan moving up to 185 hmm. to take on Antonio Braga Neto. So there you go. So light on light on star power. Let's be fair. The card light on star power. But I think some pretty potentially exciting matchups. You know, there's, there's, some, there's always bantamweights on there. Bantamweights, featherweights. Oh. It's not a. It's not a. It's honestly not a bad card. Um, there's worse very, cards. There's. We've definitely seen the card two cards ago was worse than this one. I mean, it was a really good card. So uh, yes. So there you go. That's it. We'll be back next week talking about the what's next coming out of that card. For AK, I am Mike Heck. Always remember, never take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun next week. Do back with some matchmaking. On on to the next one, the podcast. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.